0: okay welcome i would say everyone but welcome um tonight uh, it's a pre-shvues share and i want to try to focus a little bit on the chashivus the special character of Torah. Uh, although shvues is by its nature it's not a, it's not a young specifically about limud Torah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the yontif of, of the whole Torah, which includes mitzvahs, and, and really what that does is our connection to Hashem. However, um, there's reasons for it, and, and even if we didn't understand what they were, the very fact that the way Klai Yisrael relates to the yontif is through uh, making it a time of learning Torah, tells us that there's an inner significance specifically to the learning of Torah, on, as, and the aspect of Torah as a body of a, a limut as opposed to just as a, a set of laws um, and a mahalachachai. So I want to try to focus on the Indian using the Gemara in Chagiga, Stavtes it's a very strange Gemara. The Gemara says that Acher, the, according to the Masha, he may have been the greatest Rasha ever in history. He's not just on Mount Rushmore, he's the worst ever. Um, after he was Nifter, so it became clear to the, the Baalei Ruch and Kodesh of the door that he was not Zoicha, he was not able to go into Gehenna. And all his averos that he had were not being cleaned off, and they continued to be massive to act as a separation between him and HaKadosh Baruch. And he was not able to experience Alam ha. And Rameir, who had been a Talmud of his even after he had gone off the Daraq, Rameir kept up the Shaykhis, continued to learn from him, and tried to influence him to come back. So Hashem said, "Mosai when will I die? I'm gonna bring i I'll bring Akha into Gehem. So Taka, when Rameh died, um, they saw a, a, a pillar of smoke started to come out of Acha's kebab. And it continued to burn and burn and burn. And that was a sign that Akhir had managed to make it into Gehenna. Rabbi Yekhan, towards the end of his life, Rabbi Yekhan lived a very long time, 120 years. And he was not a Talmud of a Mer, He was a Talmud of a Talmud or a Mer. So he was a Talmud of Rabino HaKadrish, who had been a younger Talmud of Ramer. He only was likely to see Meir from the back but maybe not even to really learn too much from him. It was a very long time later. The cheshbon that they, they make is at least 180 years later. Um, Rabbi Yechon himself learned lived 120 years, and Rabbi Yekhan was one of his younger Talmudim. So Rabbi Yechon said, is it a big zakh to roast the Rebbe and to bring him into Gehenna? When I die, I will bring him into Ilam Ha'am. I'll take him by the hand and bring him into Ilam Ha'am. And so it was when Rabbi was nifter, the pillar of smoke stopped coming out of Achaz's cover, and that was a sign that he had been granted uh, admittance to Olam So the Gemara is Tomua. The Gemara is, uh, is impa- very difficult to understand. What 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 is it? Why why would someone? How what does it even mean to not be able to get into Gehenna? Is it just that you're so bad that you're not zayicha to be cleaned off? So then what does mayor accomplish when he dies? What did your mayor do? And what does it mean to bring someone into Gehenna? And if if it's possible to take someone out of Gehenna, why did your mayor do it? And Rabbi Raby, what, what, what does it mean to pull someone out of Gehenna? If he's not cleaned off yet, so what do you help by pulling them out of That was the situation he was in before he got into Gehenna. Is that he wasn't and He wasn't how do you get him to Ulum mahabba with all the schmutz on him? It's not it's not gonna be in mahabba it's it's it acts as a as a hafzik. It gets in the way. You're not able to you're not able to experience olim haba with averus on you. So now, what is it, what, what, what did what did hope to accomplish by if the, if the takana was not finished, the tikkun of all achaz averus were not finished? So what do you accomplish by bringing him into olim haba? So Rabbi Dessler and Kel Talid has a, a, a very deep purish on this which I'll try to explain tonight. Elum haba. the experience of Elum haba we could think of like this. Imagine that there's two rooms right next door to each other. But there's no, there's no doorway between the two. They're just side by side. One of the rooms has uh, a million light bulbs in it. It's so bright in that room, you, you get blinded when you walk in. And the other room is pitch black. There's no windows. The door is sealed with rubber around. You can't see anything in the room. At all. Your hand in front of your face, nothing. There's no light coming in. When a person does a mitzvah, the light in the other room represents Hashem. That is the experience of appreciating, understanding, connecting, being connected to Hashem. When a person does a mitzvah, they're taking a small drill and drilling a hole in the wall that connects the dark room to the light room. What happens when that's done? Small hole. So the light comes in, spreads a little bit, and a little bit of light is brought into the dark room. If he puts his eye next to it, he manages can get a pretty good sense of, a little bit of the brightness of the room. Um, if he stands a little further back, so you don't get the intensity, but it spreads out a little bit. If he does a second mitzvah, he drills a second hole in the wall. Assuming enough mitzvahs are done over the course of a lifetime, so then a person creates a significant hole, and basically all the light, uh, at some point they could eventually make a hole big enough that it just, they, they destroy the entire wall. And there's no wall left, there's no hefzik, and it becomes one big room, and all the light of, the, of that room floods into this room. And it's now a lit room. That's the experience of Elohim. The Gemara says in, in M'seachta Soitah, alef Aleph, Omen Aleph. It says, Avera mechasa mitzvah, ve'en Avera mechasa tar. An Avera can cover up a mitzvah, but an Avera cannot cover up tar. What does that mean? It explains what A person drills the hole. That's the mitzvah. When a person does an Avera, it's like taking some dirt and sticking it into the hole. What happens? The hole is still there. The connection between the two rooms is still there. But the connection has been covered. The light can't get into the dark room anymore because it's been covered. Agav, it's not the point, but the, this imagery can help us understand an uh, interesting phenomenon that people experience. When people have, uh, have start while well, I you know, on a new Aveda, they do an Avera for the first time, one that they've never done before. So they find that it disturbs them very much. They can't catch your davening afterwards. They're learning, as they're trying to learn, the Avera keeps popping back up. And it, it, it very much disrupts their, the flow of their Rukhni the de And if they do it again, so it gets worse. But at some point, that process reverses itself. And at that point, the person finds that they can do the Avera with basically, you know, reckless abandon. And it's not affecting them anymore. Suddenly they could do the Avera, they could learn fine the next day, they can daven fine the next day. Right? People, uh, you know, who are malumid in, in certain Averas, they, they do them. And, you know, for whatever reason, this Avera is giving them trouble. But they're, they're still trying to be a good Jew. They go to Shul, they daven, they daven a Kavona, perhaps. They, they learn with uh, Amkus and, and with the slavos, and all these things can happen. So what's the explanation for that? The answer is that when, even before a person gets to the this process starts. And when a person make, does a mitzvah, they create a connection. And spiritual light through the masham is shining down into them and giving them an inspiration. Now most people have done many mitzvahs. So there's many pipelines connected. When a person starts doing an Avera, whichever pipeline that aver corresponds to starts to get covered up. And the hole between the walls gets 50% obscured, 75% obscured. When that happens, the person notices the drop in, in light. There's a difference. Whoa, the room is getting dark. What's happening? Until the hole gets completely covered. Once the surface of the hole is completely covered, there's no change in how much light there is. If you stick more dirt in, the hole's just more full. But the thickness of the wall, if it's a 10-foot thick wall, so you can get 10 feet of dirt in there. But you don't have a change of how much flow of light there is. There's no light, and there's no light. So a person gets used to that level of illumination, coming from wherever else it's coming, and they don't notice anymore the difference. So what difference does it make? It makes a tremendous difference. Because when you start rotor-rootering it out, when you have to either... Again, through tshuva, through yisurim, or through Gehenim, get rid of all that dirt. So you start at the back. You start at the side closest to you. And you start, a person can therefore start doing tshuva, they stop doing the Avera, they start trying to fix things up, and they say, where's the inspiration? How come I'm not feeling any change? So as you have six months, six years, ten years of dirt accumulated there, you're scraping it off. Mitzvah, the person... It's consistent that they continue so they can get to the point where they scrape it back up and they'll pierce through to the light again and then they'll feel that illumination. It's how it works. That's a bit slow. Torah is a different experience. Torah is not a way of connecting to Hashem. The Torah is the light of Hashem. Torah is not a connection to the light. Torah is the light. When a person learns Torah, they don't drill a hole through the wall and connect to the light in the next room. When a person learns Torah, they're taking one of the light bulbs and screwing it into their room. They have changed the reality of who they are as a person. They're not a person who's connected to light. They're a person who's filled with light. Olam haba is connection Tasha. It's not a means of doing it. It's not a pipeline through which connection flows. It is the connection. It is the illumination. And therefore, When a person does an Aver, it stuffs up all the holes between this wall and that wall, in the wall, between the two rooms. But all the light bulbs that he already has in the room, they're still glowing brightly. And that that light can't be dim. It's there. That's the difference between Torah and Mitzvahs. Why is it so? What's Pshat? The Torah is the light. The mitzvah is not the light. It says, Kine'er mitzvah, the Torah art. So Rabbi Chaim Voloshner explains in Neve explains that mitzvah the mitzvah that we have is not the real mitzvah. The real mitzvah, Taka, is an art. It's the light of Hashem. Similar to what Torah it's On a lower level, but similar to what Torah However, because it's on a lower level, if it would be brought down to this world, it would be extinguished. This world is too physical. And therefore, what Hashem did was instead of bringing the mitzvah down, he sort of made a, 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 a hook that connects to that light that dangles down into this world. The physical mitzvah we have to Sheikh Alulov is not the same mitzvah as it is in Shemayit, it's a physicalized version of it. And when you push here, you activate that light up there. So, what the actual shaking of a Lulav is not in itself, it's not, the, it's not the connection. What makes it a connector is if you say, with this I am connected. My intent, it's your desire to connect, to your desire to use this, to activate the Ratsun Hashem, which is Hashem, Hashem is the Tana 1, that makes it, that causes the light to shine. That's why mitzvahs require the Shema in order to work. Because they are themselves not what they are in Shemaim, They become that through your desire to connect. When a person says, I'm doing this mitzvah, Laman Hashem, in order to connect to Hashem, so then that makes it a, a, a connector. And, and he becomes connected, but it's a connector. That's what it is. It's a pipeline. Torah, Zot Yuchayi is the same Torah that exists in Shemai. The voltage and the amperage of Torah are the same here as they are there. Hashem put it into terms that we can understand. He said cow and sheep and, and, and he gave it words that we can understand. But it's that Torah. Therefore, says Rechaim B'lashim, the Lashma of Torah is different. You don't need to do it in order to connect to Hashem. Because you are, it is connected to Hashem. It's Hashem. When I, when I um, if I write a card to someone, so I have to address it to that person if I want it to be meaningful to them. I have to say, this is for you. Because there's nothing about it otherwise that makes it, it's connected to, I'm giving it, but what makes it go to them? I have to give it to them. I have to address it to them. If I go give someone a hug, I don't have to say, here, this hug is for you. I'm hugging him. Of course it's for him. I'm doing it to him. The Torah is Hashem. It's the Torah Hashem. And therefore, when a person learns Torah, he's hugging Hashem. There's no there's need no, there's no to direct it to Hashem. In fact, even if you direct it away from Hashem, as long as what you do is you relate to it as Torah. You say, I'm learning this because it's the Word of God. Why do I want to learn the Word of God? Because it makes me feel good. Why do I want to learn the Word of God? Because I like it. Why do I want to learn the Word of God? Because I'm intellectually stimulated by it. But, it's to, but you relate to it as what it is? You don't turn it to something else? That's the lishma of Torah. That's the lishma that Torah needs is that it should be Torah. And when you learn Torah in, to Torah in order to understand Torah, in order to understand what Hashem said, then you are connected. And there's nothing, there's no more illuminating, uh, the more eslabas there is, the more kedusha there is, there's things that can up it. But, it's, it, it already is illumination. Connection? No, because he's not, he's not of the, he's not of the, he doesn't have the, the tool within him to connect on that level. Of certainly when a guy story Torah, on a certain level, the Torah that's Nagaya to him, because Hashem wants to have a connection to a guy too. So it's not the same special connection that he wants that to, yet, but he wants to have a connection, which means the eternal connection to Hashem, in, in the next world. So that means that Hashem has a, a, a means by which he wants to connect to them. So that, those halachos, that's his Torah. If he learns that, then he becomes deeply connected to Hashem in that way. So it, this, the same process would work for him regarding his Torah. But for, but for the totality of Torah, for the Torah that, let's say, for example, has no application in this world, things like Bensar and Baruch, which can never happen, that's something that Hashem says, I'm sharing my inner essence, I'm sharing things that I'm gonna do with you, sharing what has to do with me, That's special for Jews. How do you understand that Shemaya talks about parents Shemaya as cows and sheep? No. So again, Hashem put it into clothing that makes sense for us, but He didn't lower it. He just dressed it up. He gave it a tzuro that we'll understand. But I just think the gave it, it's like when you hug somebody and they're wearing clothing, you wouldn't have a me to say that you're not hugging them. Right. That idea. I, I don't even know if it's... I didn't... I, no, I don't think so. But I, I, I think uh, uh, maybe even a, a better version of it. It's, it's just the light that shines on it. You could shine a light, in this room the wall looks white. If you shine a green light, it will look green. Hashem shines the light of this world, filters it through the light of this world, so it takes on the tinge, the tint of this world. But it's mamish dadza How it appears... So our eye is this world. That like, so, so no, no, there's an important point to it, but it's not finna. So Zot Rav Dasso like this now. Rav Dassel says that there are three stages to what we'll call in general Gehennim, the kapara that a person goes through when they die. The first stage we spoke about it in a different week is Chibatakel. A person, while they're alive in this world, psychologically, on, on the deepest levels, views themselves as their body, and as connected, at least partially, as their body. Uh, people's, i today that if a, if a person goes through a, a, a tremendous physical change in a short amount of time, they suffer tremendous psychological difficulty with it because they can't get themselves used to the fact that the person they're seeing in the mirror is them. They've seen someone else for so long, who looks so different than that. And um, and in cases where people do not closely associate their physical self with their with their sense of self, it causes extreme psychological discomfort to them. So um, that needs to change. And we described that the other week, the, 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 the mental change that a person goes through, as they watch their body disintegrate, and it forces the psyche to understand that that's not me. Me is that thing which is feeling all this. The I think, therefore I am of me. That part of me that's doing all this feeling and doing all the thinking, the inner life of me is me, and not the piece of meat that I was inhabiting for 120 years. That's the first change, very psychologically painful. But then there's a second change. The second change is that in a person's entire life, perhaps, certainly in the life of a non-Tzaddik, much of their life has been focused outward. It was about getting things that were not part of me and trying to make them a part of myself, to bring them to me, to consume, not to build myself. Not to take that real me, that inner life, the part of me that my midah is, my personality, and to develop that personality, to build that personality, which is what tayor mitzvahs do. When a person, after the person stops having a body to focus on, so the next thing that their mind latches onto, the next familiar thing, I again, mean, the mind is desperate at this point. It hasn't yet gotten <laughs> to the fact that it's itself. So it's looking for familiar things to... It's lost. And it's looking for something familiar to latch onto. And suddenly it feels something familiar. It's the drive for outside things. And like an addict, the, the, the psyche tries to run and acquire... Oh, oh, yes! A burger! Get me a burger! A steak! And it tries to run for the steak, except it no longer has the means of connecting to a steak. It's spiritual, and there's no spiritual counterpart to the steak, And des- it runs, so to speak, over to the steak, and Kiwi tries to, tries to eat it, except there's no hand, and there's no nothing. And the whole process is just so frustrating. So then it runs to the next thing, and it runs to the next thing, and the Meshama flies back and forth across the world, seeking out, desperately seeking, with annoying sense, get, starting to chath that this is not going to work, but desperately hoping that it can find some way that it does work. Because otherwise, I don't, know what I'm, I don't know what the next step is, because there's nothing left familiar. And it runs across the world, f- flinging itself back and forth, trying to latch on to some Taiva. That's familiar to it. That's called kafa kela. And all the energy that a person put into Taiva, running after Taivas in this world, and it's not just Taivas, it's all Chitsoinies. All anything which is outside of the person, whether it's status, COVID, career, positions, uh, accomplishments that are not Nitzvias, all the energy that he put in becomes the fuel for the search. And until it's burnt out, right, we look in this world at a person who's a Molly ambition, has a big mind, he has drive. That drive is going to to rip him apart, literally, in in the realm of tefachel. That drive—it's a wonderful thing. It's a tremendous gift from Hashem. But it needs to be directed inwards, at actually conquering things that matter, and attaching yourself. Be driven to attach yourself to things that are that are will will be there in the next world, and detaching from this world. When the person finally ru- runs down, and the tires burn off and they're now running on fumes and then they slow down and then they break down. And they're left there. There's no titus, There's no goof. And all there is, is yourself. And the darkness of what yourself is starts to close in. Because all the moments of a person's life that were not focused inwards are nothing. There's no earth. And it's the blackest of blackness of night. And it's the feeling of someone drowning as, the, as they sink under, under a, a blanket of darkness and they become smothered by darkness. And, and the, the, a, a scream of, there's nothing here. They let out, but it just echoes around within their own psyche because there's nothing else. And they become an echo chamber of their own pain at the nothingness of what, what is there. And there's, no, there's nowhere to hide, there's nowhere to black out, there's nowhere to go. And it becomes a self generating disaster, a nightmare. But the, a nightmare with no escape. And it just gets darker and darker. And it's Malish, the experience of the Mitzvah and Makhis Shef, times everything. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. There's no way to distract. There's no way to dull, and the, the reality of non-reality, and there's nothing for the psyche to latch onto. It. It's it's trying, and it, it just twists in and on, on itself. And then, in the depths of that blackness, there's suddenly a light, and the, the, desperately, the person, the psyche runs to. What is this? Something. There's something here. And what is it? It's himself. He's finally gotten down to the time when he one time really got in touch with himself. And he did a mitzvah because it's the right thing to, because that, and he linked to the neshama inside of it. And he kisses the light and he hugs it. And he embraces it and he says, yes, this is what I want. This is the only thing I want. I want anything else, there's no tithe, there's no guf, there's no nothingness. And he loves his mitzvahs. And it fills his mind and cools it. And then that light leads him to the next light, to the next mitzvah that he has. And he slowly starts to rehab and to learn to look in instead of look out and to find reality within himself instead of outside of himself. That's Geheim. That's the process of Geheim. Zotter of that when a Rosha has a tremendous amount of Torah, if there's someone who learned Torah, but he didn't do mitzvahs, and he didn't do what he was supposed to, he did other. So he can experience and As he watches by disintegrate, his mind, disassociates itself from from his body. He can have kafakel as he runs after all the Titus that he's used to and he can no longer achieve them. His psyche disassociates itself from time. But the problem comes when he's supposed to go to Gehenna and the desperation of the emptiness of his life is supposed to force him inwards to get to the penimus of his neshama, the process breaks down. Because he has the light bulb with him. And he goes into the darkness, and he's floating in a cocoon of light. His Torah surrounds him. And you can't make him feel a sense of nothing, because he has something. He's connected. I don't care that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He has the light bulb. And you can put him into the scariest darkness, and it just turns on a flashlight. I remember once I was going, we on a Chalamite trip to the Liberty Science Center. There's had this thing, the to Touch Tunnel. Cl- you crawl in and it's pitch black. You have to feel your way around. So, we crawled in, as I was in front and my father was right behind me. He got his head in and he decided, and my mother decided, Psh, no, ow. <laughs> my father made it a little further in and then he got uncomfortable. So he took out his beeper in those days, he turned a little flashlight of the beeper, shoo, up, ah, oh, well up, goes, there goes the darkness. You're not in Touch Tunnel anymore. That is the experience of a Russia with Torah. He can't, Gehenem can't do to him what it needs to do because he's, he, he doesn't see the dark. All he sees around him is, he looks around, he sees light everywhere. He starts to think that he's in Rana Muhammad. He says, it's not, everything was cracked out to be. I don't know what's that, uh, this is, it seems, I, it feels a lot the way it did when I was alive. Because it is the way he was alive. The same aura HaTorah that he had then, he has now. But it, it holds at bay the darkness. And he lives in the experience of his Torah, floating around, thinking he's an man. And he can't, you can't go anywhere. And that's the matzav that Ahmed was in. Ahmed was stuck in his Torah, in the aura of his Torah, unable to experience Geheim. So what's his way out? His way out is Ramir. Ramir says, I'm going to be nifter, and I'm going to take Acher into Geheim. What happened? Acher is sitting there blissfully floating in his (coughs) cocoon of light, and suddenly he sees floating towards him. It's the first time he even had a sense of, of anything outside his cocoon. There's something else. What is this? And he sees a light coming towards him. And as it gets closer, it, it, it obliterates everything. It, it fills his whole sense of proportion. It's like you know a person on a spaceship coming towards the moon or Earth, which either direction you're flying. It starts off as a little ball, and then it gets bigger and bigger. At some point, it fills the. It stops. The mind stops being capable of understanding how big it is. It just becomes everything. It becomes the ground underneath us. It becomes the fullness of the environment, and. Acher sees this thing. What's this? That's Ramer's Torah. And it's not just Ramer's Torah. It's Acher's Torah. It's the same Torah that Acher learned, but this is what it looks like when it's done with panimis. This is what it looks like when it's not just Torah on the outside. This is what it looks like when it's Torah on the inside. And Achor looks at it and he sees the depth of what that light is. And he comes. You're not in oilum haba. That's Olam You know where you are? You are nothing. And he suddenly begins to grasp, although he is in a little cocoon of light, he gets a sense of the darkness that surrounds him. And suddenly that, that desperation starts to happen. He's like, what? And he looks around and he starts probing outside. He, for the first time, has a reason to try to expand his consciousness past the light of his Torah. And he looks to what's outside and sees endless, endless, endless darkness. 187 years of darkness. And he keeps trying to find where does this end and it never ends. Because you've made a nothing out of the entirety of your life. And the Gehenna process finally began with an Acher. And as he, and he would, every once in a while probably try to escape back into his Torah, but it's too late. He already has the illusion broken and he knows what's out there. And he may be able to comfort himself, you know, holding the little light and not seeing the monsters on the outside, but he knows they're here and he knows they're lurking. And he gets a sense of the, the crushing darkness that surrounds him. And it burns. And it burned, and, and there was no stopping it. It just continued to go. He was he got lost in his darkness. And he lost his target. He forgot where his target was. His target paled to a point of such insignificance when compared to the darkness that was his life. And his mind that we would say he lost his mind, except that he was his mind. So he just lost himself. And he drowned in his sorrow, and he became one with the pain of Gehenna. And his entire existence was Gehenna, without any light. So Rabbi Yerushalayim, that's a good zah, but that's not a kunz. I'm going to get him to Elam And suddenly, 180 years later, in, within the darkness, he suddenly starts to, he sees something, there's something to latch onto. So his psyche runs to it. What is this? It's Rav Yechira. And again, an entire massive light fills the room, fills his existence, but it's not his light. And, and it just burrows him deeper into his pain, now, another reminder of what he could have had and didn't have, doesn't have. But Rav Yechira puts his hand on Acher. And he says... He says, wait, wait, do you see this light? Is there something familiar about it? And somehow, through his pain, after senses, there is something familiar. What is it? And Yosef tells him, this Torah, this is your Torah. This is what you taught. I'm repeating the teachings we have from you. This is what I got from Rabbi Yosef, got it from Mary, got it from you. This is you. And Rabbi on impatiently, Begins to bring Akhir back to himself. And to finally allow Akhir to find his way out of the darkness. Out of the deepest depression of depressions that can be. And to understand that the reality of Akhar is that faint light. There it is. And Akhir finally was able to grab onto that panemius. And to start turn his mind out from outwards and inwards, finally. And then he was able to reconnect his own Torah. And from there, one stage after another, to be able to reconnect to the Torah, but this time on a the o'ayfin, to whatever he had. It's not, it's not what it would have been. But to finally begin the process of an That's the koyach of Torah. Torah is not a mitzvah. Mitzvah is our connection. Torah is the illumination. It's so powerful that unless pointed out by others, by other Torah. It can mamish make a person feel like they're in olam haba when they're in Gehenna. That's the koyach of Torah. And a few days when we sit down on Shuas by night to learn, we have to understand that we're not just doing a ma'aseh mitzvah. We're literally enlightening ourselves with the or shal kol We are experiencing olam haba in the deepest ways at the time that we sit down to learn. And that we have been given such an opportunity to do that, and what a special day it is of Shavuos, that it is the celebration of the time, and it's not just a celebration like we understand Yom Toivin, it's a renewal of the energy that allows us to connect to this in a real way. We is be to it because We have two short verter on the on Shavuos also that maybe are easier to say. At the table, beyond the table, we know that there's a minimum to eat um on shoes. My wife teaches Brisbane. So she calls me every year, desperate, you know, but yesterday, basically, equivalent yesterday, she's like, why do we eat milk again? And I'm like, I-, I know what they say in kindergarten, but I don't know what it means. Since they got help of his and all the pa- they understood that all their parts are now trev because they the have the blizzard of tree it, so therefore, they couldn't cook. So they didn't make falashiks, they made milks. I don't know where you, how do you melt the cheese over the macaroni without a pot? The meat, you put it on a stick, and you stick it on the fire. You're good to go. You don't need pots for falashiks. You need pots sort of for milks. To make cheese, you need the stomach of an animal in those days. And the, and the stomach of an animal was straight, because you injected properly. So you can't use that. So and the, 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 I, don't, I don't know what that parrots is. I'm sure it means something, and it's just the lack is on my end. But I always tell it, I don't know. I said, say it, because that's in But I have no idea what it means. So, um, we'll say a different shot. I don't feel alone in this. The Mishra says, also, oh, he doesn't really get it, and he gives a different shot. So, um, but a different shot. The Gemara says that the way um, milk comes is that, dam is this the blood within the either animal or a mother changes and it gets mixed with enzymes and such, and it gets turned into milk. Cholo, uh, uh, milk, is dom, it's treif, first of all. And it's red, which is demon. That represents harsh judgment. Cholo is kosher. And it's the it's source of, it's, it, it's white, the color of chesed. And it is chesed. It's, it's a mother giving of herself to feed her child and to nurture her child. Cholov represents the ability to take something Tameh and Dinim and transform it into something good, into something Chesed and pure. Torah has that ability. Torah has the ability to take a person who's Tameh and impure and to transform them and to turn them into something pure. But perhaps we can take the the corollary a little deeper. When does an animal have God? Only when it's a mother when it has given birth to a child that is able to produce milk. When does Torah properly transform a person? It's not they just sit down to learn. It's when a person sits down and makes them Torah into a mother. When he says, this Torah is going to give birth to a new me. The Torah is going to produce my actions. What I learn, I'm going to do. When they learn Aminas Lassas, sometimes there's no practical application. So the Aminas Lassas is that I'm going to understand this is how Hashem views the world, but when it has practical application, a person who says, I'm not going to do what the Torah says, so Torah still is Torah, but it doesn't have the transformative effect that Torah has. That happens when a person says transform. Sometimes people ask, it says the Barasi Torah Tavelin, yet many times we see there are people who learn, and it doesn't seem to be Torah Tavelin. Torah tavlin means that Torah becomes a motor, of change. But you have to point it at something. If you don't plan on changing, if you don't feel like you need to change, if you don't try to change, so it's not going to make you change. It enables you to change. It gives you the Yerushalayim to change, but if you don't point that Yerushalayim at anything, so then it's not going to help. That's one part. Second part is, it says that on Atzeres kulam Moedim Dibiyinam Lachem. if uh, how a person is supposed to properly um, celebrate Yom Tayyip. One man says, either do it feast or fast. Either it's Kulo Hashem or Kulo Lachem. And another man says, no, you should split it. But on Shavuos, everyone's that That is inappropriate to fast. You have to have some aspect of Lachem. Now, if you look at... If you look at um, uh, there's a famous taz on Purim and Hanukkah. Purim we celebrate with uh, Mishta Simcha. Hanukkah, although we have parties, they, they repeatedly say they're not. that's not a mitzvah. It's a, at most an in Indian. So taz, the taz, the explanation is that in Hanukkah, the Yivani were trying to destroy our Nishan. They didn't have a problem with Jew, the physical Jew. If a Jew was willing to be misyavim, they were fine with him. So it was about our religion, so we celebrate with religion. Okay, you have mitzvahs. But we don't make a surah. On Purim, Achashur didn't care if you were from, uh, and the Homan didn't care if you were from or not from, he was out to get you. So there we celebrate with our guf. So what we see from this is that when you have a goof, uh, uh, a goof thing, so you celebrate with the guf. And when you have a spiritual thing, it's called with the Spirit. So Shavuos, is a spiritual and that should be the day that you don't need lochem. Perhaps we can say that if on Shavuos a, a, a person can view what happened by matan Torah, is that Hashem got himself a bunch of servants. Previously, he had no nation on this world who were willing to serve him. And when, when we accepted the Torah on Shavuos, so now Hashem had a people who would listen to him in this world. That's not the reality. Yeah. Our, our listening is a poor um, example of listening. The Malachim listened much better to Hashem than we do. The Milo of Shavuos was for us. Hashem didn't give the so that He could have a Hada. He gave the Torah so that we could experience the joy of being connected to Hashem. So that we could have an of That we could experience the light of HaKadosh Baruch the way a person shows that is that they, they, they have to understand it's a yontiv of it was a for my benefit. If a person would fast, so they would give off the impression that it's a yontiv about Hashem. It's something for Hashem. We want to make it very clear on Shuas, It was us. We benefited by getting the Torah. Like Rabbi Yosef says, or Yosef is the one who says that, he says, He says, there's so many yasivs in the street. Right? The, what makes me unique, my benefit, the benefit to me, not Akkadish Bharathu, Adra, for Akadish Brahaku, but I have many, many, many yasiths in the show. What does the make Hashem is one more yasiv? The benefit is to me. I became elevated. I became someone different when I got the Torah. And therefore we celebrate it, making sure that we, our physical body, has a pleasurable experience showing. That's what the Torah is. The Torah is what makes my life pleasurable. It's for me, much more so than it is (laughs) for Hashem. To see the Or HaTorah, we should feel it making an effect on our lives and feel the pleasure of how we become uplifted through the Torah in that way. (laughs) To the time when the Or HaShem fills the entire world.